We, uh, we've been in a series the last few weeks called The Bigger, Better Offer. And the idea is that maybe there's a better way to live at times. Like, we sometimes get sucked into ways of living that if we're honest, we just, we're not either proud of it or we recognize that it's, it's not life-giving. And the series is, is, is formed out of this text in Proverbs. You know, Proverbs is this book that's meant to give us wisdom. You know, wisdom in how to best live. And there's a text in Proverbs that talks about the things that God hates, the things that God despises. And the idea is maybe the better offer is to learn to love the things that God loves and, and dislike, hate the things that God hates so that we show up different in the world. Uh, let me read for you Proverbs 6. Verses 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable him, detestable to him. A haughty eye, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies. And today, this is what we're talking about. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I, you don't have to raise your hand, but... Um, I mean, how many of you this last week had conflict with another person in your life? How many of you had a lot of conflicts with different people in your life? We find ourselves um, in a particularly divided time. A lot of uh, conflict going on in our world. A lot of brokenness in our relationships. A lot of brokenness, even uh, in, the, in the existence of the church. People experiencing hurt and pain and conflict within the church. The place that they expect to go and be a part of and like feel accepted. Feel like loved. Feel uh, supported. The big idea of this sermon today is we recognize that God does not like people who stir up conflict. And we are called as Christians to not be people who sow conflict. Rather, we are called to sow peace. Matthew um, 5, 9, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. That actually, when we strive to bring peace, we are blessed. You know, as a pastor, um, you get in the, you find yourself in the midst of a lot of a lot of different conflict. Some of it is is really worth fighting f- like for, like fighting for what's right. And then you do like you find yourself in the midst of conflicts where you go, "This is just a complete waste of time." Like this is just immaturity, or this is this is sin, or this is just there are people out there who just like to stir it up. Like I, I don't understand it because I don't have time to like stir it up. Um, no, I'll, I'll speak up when I feel like it's, it's, they're supposed to, but like, let me give you an example. We're in our week, we have a weekly Wednesday morning meeting, um, and boy, I'm going to get in trouble if that person's here, but we still love you (laughs) if if you're here. Um, I don't think it's someone who goes to our church, but if you're watching online, (laughs) 10 a.m. Sundays here, uh, we're at our, our weekly meeting with the builders, and they said, hey, uh, Bruce Quam, president of DJ, says to 
um, the, the soup, like, hey, over by where the monument sign is, we got to cut down some of the, the weeds that have grown there. I guess I got a call from the city, there was a complaint that uh, line of sight around the roundabout just wasn't good enough for this person. You know, uh, I'm like, so we're like, are you serious? Like, you're not even looking, like you're going around, like what are you looking for? I mean, how, we all sort of laughed about it and, and I'm like, you know, how do you have the time to call the city about a weed? You know, and, and bless you, whoever you may be. But I go, you know, there's just people who, for whatever reason, seem to be looking for opportunities to stir it up, to complain, to bring conflict. And how do we as Christians sort of live in the midst of that, like where is the line of like being peacemakers and trying to bring peace, but also like sticking up for ourselves when it feels unfair. When it comes to conflict, it's, it's about relationships. It's about the, the trials, the divisions, the problems that we have in relationship with each other. And so the next two weeks, we're talking about this. We're gonna talk about relationships. And how do we deal as Christians, as followers of Jesus, with conflict in our relationships, with our, whether it's our spouse, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our friend, our coworker, whoever in our lives? You know, we live now in a world um, that wants to cancel anything and everything. They call it cancel culture. And whether it's something you did yesterday or 10 years ago, there's a, there's a sort of cancel culture police that's just looking for opportunities to cancel you. And I would guess that some of the stuff is rightfully canceled, like rightfully so. There may be things that you go, that should be canceled. But there's other things that are like, no, no. That's too far. Where people, it seems, like are looking more for the fight and looking just to take out people and ideas and beliefs just because they're uncomfortable with it. There is an extremism. And we live, we're seeing that we live in now this world of more and more extremes. Where, okay, maybe we, we got to look back and recognize things, bad decisions we've made or things that have not been, um, that things that were done that were wrong and own up to it and repent from it. Yes. But to take the, the idea like to the extreme where just anything and everything that we don't agree with or believe and just cancel it. Done. Eventually, you create a culture where everybody has, you know, like everyone is, has a target on their back. It's just a matter of time. And I go, we have got to be careful as the body of Christ, as believers, that we do not fall prey to this extremism around canceling one another. My, you know, you can't pick your neighbors. And, uh, you know, like there's... 
there's one individual that just, we don't, I'll be honest, like we don't have the greatest of relationship, some conflict. Something happened, I just was so mad, so mad. And, uh, you know, emotions start to get the best of you. And, you know, all these sort of ideas and thoughts of like how I'm a better person and, um, and sort of judgment over the person and wanting like, like and we're going to talk about mending relationships next week and I'm going to talk more about this, but sort of like not wanting good for the person because of the pain they've afflicted on you. I mean, you ever done that where you sort of think, I hope that person doesn't, you know, I, I don't want good in their life because of, you know, it's sort of their payment to you for the pain they've inflicted on you. And we're going to talk about this next week and how do we manage that and how actually that's rooted in sin and evil, evilness. Because God doesn't want us to look at people like that. Um, but I was like just, oh, I was wrestling with that. And um, it's really easy in the midst of conflict for emotion to take over. And we start to spiral down. Like where it just becomes all consuming, where um, like thought gives birth to thought and, and it's just all these like negative judgments, negative emotions, negative ideas and thoughts sort of start to compound upon each other. And unless you stop it, it, it multiplies. And this was sort of happening in my mind. And I'm like, as a Christian, what do you do here? Like, what do we do here? And I, I in a moment, I go, God, I, I need help because I'm, I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling hurt. And like, the idea of loving my neighbor right now, not super attractive. Like this, this conflict um, some people like to embrace the conflict, and that's kind of me where I go in and I'm like, what up? Let's talk about this. Let's go. And then others of us, we just, this is us. I'm out of here. I do not want anything to do with it. Just ignore it. Pretend like it's not there, which isn't good either because it just wells up inside. Um, and it's, the conflict is still doing its work. We're just pretending like it's not. And we're not experiencing peace, even though we might look like it's all good. Everything's fine. But it's not good over here. We're like, come on, what's up? Because like, I got to remember, I'm a witness to the king of Jesus Christ. And if I come hard, I might bury my witness. And that opportunity to say and show that Jesus loves that person. To be light in the midst of darkness. And so I was just there and I said, Lord... What do I do? God, I need your help. And the thought that came into my mind was, Aaron, I've never canceled you. You know, how many of us just want to cancel people out of our lives because they're hard to deal with or we have struggles uh, or they've hurt us? And I, let me just pause there for a second. Because I'm in no way saying that there aren't times in our lives where you have to set boundaries or that you have to have people, you need to remove people from your life. There are certainly, and there's biblical justification to this, that an unrepentant person 
who will continue to hurt you, will not recognize their sin. Jesus says, like, let Satan have their way with that person. I mean, it's a very strong way to say, Matthew 18, like, you, here's how you deal with conflict. But if the person is unrepentant and not willing to, like, admit it or see it or deal with it, like, there is justification to say, I've got to remove myself from this. But I think the extremism we're seeing in our world now is just any little thing sets us off, you're done. I don't like this. I don't like what you said. I don't like what you posted. I don't like this decision. I'm gone. And again, there are times where you need to use the brain God gave you and recognize like sometimes we as a family or me, I need to step out of this situation and that's fine. But we've also got to recognize and go, am I too easily running away? Am I running away from, from conflict potentially? And am I canceling people because I don't like what they posted or what, I, what they believe or what, you know, whatever it may be. Like, am I too quickly promoting conflict and not peace? Now, we're called to always stick up for truth. And we should, we should as Christians, stick up for the truth. You don't ever uh, sacrifice truth uh, on the altar of sort of convenience or comfortability or that we don't offend people. Like, we are called to proclaim and live out the truth, and we're, it says the truth will set us free. But I think relationally, and especially in the church, we find ourselves bickering about things that really don't matter at the end of the day. And we give up on each other, and we shut each other off far too quickly, and we ignore the hard conversations because... We don't want to approach that person. We're afraid of how they might respond or judge us. And we don't ever experience the healing relationally that we ultimately need. We need that peace. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers because how many of us just want peace? There's something about when you find yourself in the midst of like serenity and peace and just like the joy and life of a relationship that's been healed or mended that like I go, this is where I want to be. And God's saying, I want you to be there as much as possible. The enemy wants you to be in as much conflict, strife as possible. Because why? It makes life rotten. It makes, you know, it, it, it robs us of hope and joy. And going back to my neighbor, when Jesus, when, when, G, when God put that thought in my mind, like, I haven't canceled you. You know, I thought about him on the cross. And I thought about him hanging on the cross. And I often ask myself, what kept Jesus on the cross? He had every, every authoritative uh, availability, power uh, to him to get himself off of the cross. Imagine, I mean, we can't, but imagine like, you're, you have the ability and you are who you are when you're Christ. You're the son of God. You're the author of life. You've existed from the beginning of time. You have spoken life into creation. And you're hanging as a criminal on a cross while, while men are spitting on you and throwing insults, making fun of you, taunting you, like come down if you are who you say you are. 
the, the, in me, I want to, you know what, like the, the person who wants to confront conflict, I'm like, let's go. Hop on down and now watch what happens. What kept him up there? What, what, what kept him from the insults and the persecution and the unfair sacrifice of the cross? And I often think about how I wonder if Christ thought about me. Aaron Sorensen, some small little random guy is going to live 2,000 years later. And he, I wonder if he saw my, my sin and he saw my insecurities and he saw my betrayals and he saw the times I turned my back on him. The times that I would care more about me than him. The times I would care more about what other people thought. And so I'm not going to admit I'm a Christian or I'll admit that I, I'll, I'll try to play it off like I'm not. Like the betrayals. And to think that he would know all that and see all that about me and see the ugliness in me and the betrayals in me. And yet he stayed on the cross, hung on the cross to destroy the ultimate conflict and that is between man and God and that is sin. Jesus, because of the cross, demonstrates not only his love for us, but his commitment to us. That he will never cancel you. And when you begin, if you start there with the relationships in your life that are particularly challenging, if you start there and you, 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 you hone in on that truth that Jesus has done this for me, that Jesus has never canceled me, it begin, it, it's the first step in recognition and prayer that can change, start to change our heart toward one another. Where we begin to, to, to see things differently, where we can begin to pray for our enemies and love our enemies and have the hard conversations that maybe we need to have. To seek peace in the midst of conflict. My kids are watching this show. It's, it's a great little cartoon. I think it's on Amazon Prime called, it's called Storybook. Um, it's about these kids that go back into time and they, it's like the, the stories of the Bible. And um, it's not called Storybook. What is it called? Superbook. Superbook. Check it out. Um, and they were watching it yesterday and the story of the prodigal son came up. And I watched it in a different lens. I watched this story with my kids as I, as I cuddled with my son. And I, I recognized, like, I've always looked at myself as, like, the prodigal through most of my life. Like, I'm the kid who ran away and, and you know, sowed my wild oats. You know, I'm the sinner. And then I come back. And as I was sitting there, like, maybe for the first time, I, I put myself in the shoes of the father, thinking about my son. And I was like, man, my son, he could do a lot and, and it would hurt me. And there might be seasons down the, the road where I'm hurt by him. But I'll never cancel him. Never. Never. 
And I realize, like, that's what the Father thinks of me as his son. It's what he thinks about you as his son. It's what he thinks about you as his daughter. And if we're ever going to be peacemakers, we've got to start by recognizing what Jesus has done for us. That he refuses to let go. He refuses to give up on you, to cancel you. And if you start there, our hearts and our minds can be transformed. And we can step into conflict and and behave differently. So that we are the light of the world. People need peacemakers. They need the body of Christ. They need Christians right now. To be people of truth and peace. Because the world is just desperate for hope. They're desperate for Jesus. And we have been called to be the agents that bring the message of Jesus. And how we deal with conflict and people of conflict is vital to our mission. But it starts with recognizing all that Jesus has done for us. That he refuses to give up on us. That he's refusing to cancel us. Let that, I hope that that sinks into your heart in a real and meaningful way. So here's what I want you to do as the band comes up now. You can take out your phone. You don't have to do this, um, especially if the person you're going to write is your wife and she's sitting next to you. But take out your phone. You can write it down or put it in your head. But I want you to, I want you to picture someone who you, just, you find yourself in the midst of conflict with right now. So if you're like this and you go, my wife, don't do that. That ain't going to help. I want you to just get that person in your mind, um, in your head. And I'm going to ask you to do something that might not be easy for you. But we're going to ask Jesus for the help to do it first. I want you to pray for that person. And then this next week, I want you to reflect on the cross And what it means that Jesus didn't get off despite what he saw, despite what he heard, despite what he felt, despite what he knew about me and what I've done in my life. And I want you to invite the Holy Spirit just to to make that real in a real meaningful, powerful way in in your heart and your mind. And then I want to invite you, if the person comes up this next week, just to say a a prayer for them, okay? The next week, uh, if you can come back, great, or watch online or listen, we're going to look at Proverbs because Proverbs gives us wisdom on how do we mend relationships. So I'm going to ask you to stand. Go ahead, stand with me now. And uh, I'm just going to lead us through a prayer. And I'm going to leave some space for you to pray at the end. And then Brian and the band will lead us in a song. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, we are incapable in our humanness, our sin, our emotion to do a lot of the things that you call us to do. To love our enemies, to pray for our enemies. um, To seek the peace in the midst of strife and conflict. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that... um, you would rise above the sin in our hearts and our minds, that the holiness that lives in us because of you, Jesus, 
um, would triumph, that you would give us the strength, the power, and the courage um, to now come to you on behalf of someone who's hurt us. So now we, Jesus, as the people of God, want to step in and practice what you've asked of us, to be peacemakers and to pray for those who persecute us, pray for those who are our enemies. And we now step into that with your power. And we take this moment now to pray for those people that you've put on our mind.